Welcome to the future of email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge podcast on the future of email. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the future of email marketing. And I'm delighted to have as my guest today, uh, Samantha Yodice. Uh, I'll give the blurb into a straight off her LinkedIn profile, and then we'll get her to talk about herself first. Leader and expert in email. I knew that. Uh, CX strategy consultant, Forbes Communication Council member. And I happen to know quite an excellent speaker and writer. Um, Samantha and I have been on a, a few group Zoom calls, but this is our first opportunity to talk one to one at any length, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's really nice. I Welcome. can't believe we haven't in all these years. It's, it's, <laughs> it's strange. Well, it's it's also a, a year of what my brother-in-law calls Blur's Day. Uh, it's like time has slipped in very strange yeah, ways. Because exactly <laughs> you know we're here, we're here in March and we're at the definite one-year anniversary period of this mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> of this mess. Yeah, I don't even know how it got to March. Like if if I think it like last week was January, so I'm really confused. <laughs> it's the Blur's Day thing, yeah. It is. And it is, and all that other stuff. Rob. Well, so we want to talk about email a bunch, but I'd I'd love to have you share a bit about how you how you ended up in in email and and some of the things that you've done in email as a field, email marketing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So um, I started late in the game. Um, well, just in my career in general. Mm-hmm. So I was one of those, uh, I got, I got my degree as an adult. So I was a grown, grown woman in her thirties when I finally got my undergraduate degree. And that was at the encouragement of my boss at discover card, who was still my, one of my favorite people in the whole world. Nice. And who nice. I model my own management style after because she, uh, she's effective while still caring about the people that work for her, nice. which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, so I finished my degree working for her as her assistant, and then I moved into uh, the marketing department, but it was direct mail. Okay. And I started in there and this was like, gosh, oh, seven-ish or something. So then eventually I, let's see, there was the economic downturn in like 08 when it started in 08 or whatever. So when that started happening, we started focusing on digital as a company, which many companies were doing at that time. Mm -hmm. And we did some testing and all that stuff. Well, through this testing, I met the whole email team Mm -hmm. and then they needed someone and they came and said, Hey, we want you to be on the email team. And I said, okay, why not? So I did. (laughs) So I joined the email team and, uh, you know, never looked back. It was kind of like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm doing. And I just really, I loved all the things about just digital in general, Mm -hmm. I think was exciting for me because it, it's always evolving, but email itself was kind of, um, you know, we say this all the time, which I don't think we need to come up with a better phrase than redheaded stepchild, but we've always been the (laughs) bottom rung of the digital channels. I couldn't agree more. I want to. I want to. I want to come back and talk to that. But I do want to ask yeah. you a question, and not 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 to put you on the spot question. But <laughs> how did it? How did it feel to take that step over 
into a, you know, digital, as you said, but, a, but a, a field with its own set of uh, technical knowledge requirements coming, coming from direct mail, which, mm-hmm. which was a great background for this, but how'd that feel? Um, well, I think it was like anything else. It didn't feel unusual to me. It yeah. just was, I have to learn some new stuff. Right. Right. You know, Good and- attitude. Yeah. Well, and, you know, as someone who waited a long time to finish that degree and actually start my career in marketing, Mm. I think part of that uh, time before that made me extremely flexible and adaptable because I was trying new jobs or, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do and all of these things. So I did lots of different things. So I was constantly learning new things. So that part didn't seem so weird for me. That's... uh... If the ability to learn is that's not the outcome of a good education, certificates are not, sheepskins are not, I don't know what is. So, uh, you know, kudos to you for making that adaptation. Let's go back to that uh, bottom uh, bottom rung on the ladder, which is probably a more correct way to say it. But I agree. Um, The more I learn about email as a field, the more I I go, why is this? Email marketing is like, I have it's stuck in the closet. What's up? What any any thoughts? <laughs> I like the stuck in the closet. That's a good that's a good one. Um I think it's just misunderstood. It's one of those things that's not they, there's a lot of nuances in email that you don't have just in looking at website tracking. You know how the website's doing. Mm-hmm. Just looking at, you know, a simple little report and you can have an understanding of it. So I think the other channels tend to be a little more cut and dry. Mm. And a little clearer, although you'd think the ambiguity of social media would have adjusted the outlook for email a little bit more because I think that's the most ambiguous, but it, it, it should. But and why, how did social media get kind of sexy, sexy and sizzly and email get, because it was hot, hot, hot. Uh-huh. Email was never hot, hot, hot. No, it wasn't. It, even when it was born, it was just kind of like people were taking it and adapting it and doing things with it and making money, <laughs> but it was never hot. It was never sexy. It was never the cool new thing. Because mm. it just was, it existed. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, there. I, yeah, I almost feel like you know we have to have a flashy like coming out party for our email, saying, "Hey, we've been here all along, but let's show you what we got." And I feel like we do that like at every company I've ever been at. I've had to have that out that rollout of this is everything that's going to happen through this. Right, right, um, right. Mm. But yeah, I think it's it's just a misunderstood category, and you have to have specialized people to do it. I'd, I'd be curious reaction to this. Um, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the middle of the the struggle of writing a book. Um, it, you know, Campaign Genius, uh, our company, uh, puts real time content in mm-hmm. email, and as we've started to make connections and learn learn the space, I've come to the somewhat reluctant conclusion that there's a mental model around email that tends to limit what people think it can do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it may have something to do, at least in part, with the word itself. You know, if you say mail, you think packages, envelopes, send something, mm-hmm. once you've sent it, you're done. Email, if you look at the iconography, the visuals around email, you have tons of like tons of flying envelopes, but they're still yes. envelopes. And you're like... Why is it that why is it that we've got this sort of boxed in view and that may have something to do with a bottom rung and the ladder stuck stuck mm-hmm. in the closet as well like sort of everyone thinks they know how it works because they right. used to send envelopes or because they have email on their desktop 
Mm-hmm. And and the twists are a bit more complex than that. A lot more complex, yeah. A lot more complex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that you brought that up because I do think there is an there's a pervasive image problem and it always has had that. No matter how hard and how much we talk about it, uh, until executives, I think, really start to listen and understand, they're not going to see the differences and the nuances. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so much more can be done with email. And I think if you can break through that preconceived notion, then you have the ability to do all sorts of things. But getting that buy-in and getting getting through that noise is a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm probably not giving that as much power as it should have because it's really difficult. And I've had, <clears throat> I know I've had a lot of trouble selling in. Let's do the, you said real-time email. I mean, trying to get people to do that mm, for yeah. some reason. Yeah. I don't know why that's so difficult. It should be like a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer to me. It's a quick sell. Yeah. It works if you use it right. Yeah. And why wouldn't we invest in that? Right, right, right. We just try it. Super well, simple. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And I certainly, I certainly don't want to rat hole on that just because I'll talk no, about but it, it way it, too long and too much, but it, it, it's a little <laughs> perplexing. I'm like- it is. Why it is, is. so hard. Why, why, yeah. why is it so hard? Yeah. 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 And, you know, broaden the scope from, you know, from real time, which is just, you know, it's one aspect of email can do stuff you didn't think it could do. Um, you start looking at the, you know, the fairly rich tool set available to an email marketer now. And I would imagine one of your challenges in the strategy role has been getting companies to understand one, how valuable and effective it is, but two, how rich it can be if they get their arms around their own data yeah. and knowledge of their customers instead mm-hmm. of just treating everybody as the same. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there because I think part of it is, you know, how long have we been talking about data? You know, the big data revolution, big data was what, seven years ago was the big <laughs> yeah, keyword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still people are talking about it and don't understand it. And digital transformation, only what a handful of companies have truly digitally transformed. And, you know, maybe a handful of really big ones have done it, but are they really integrated in that? So you might digitally transform, but are you really integrating your marketing? Are you really looking across your different channels and seeing the big picture? I think that's the hard part for a lot of just just reaching what you can accomplish and explaining to them what you can accomplish if you did these things. So for me, that's the biggest challenge. Um, but I try to always take it back to the data and ground it in that. Like, okay, you're sending these emails out, but you don't even know who you're sending to. Right. You know, there's right. this whole category of people that probably hate what you're putting in here. <laughs> but for some reason, they say subscribe because either they love your brand or something else, but you could be getting more out of them if you just respond to their needs. So, I, I, I watched a, I watched a video. I still remember running across it. I ran across a video on LinkedIn, probably four or five years ago, and it was a, it was a vice president from, I'm pretty sure it was from GE, General Electric, mm-hmm. talking about digital twins. His subject matter it was we have a digital twin. Uh, believe it or not, aircraft engines. We like we have all of the instrumentation and all of the data coming out of this engine in a digital twin of this engine, so that we know something's going to go wrong before it actually goes wrong. It's expensive to wait for it to break. Right. We don't like airplanes falling out of the sky. 
So this digital twin thing has started popping back up, I've noticed, in, in marketing press. And it occurred to me, I'd love your reaction to this. If you think about email marketing in a, in a, in a how you should do it sense, you really want a digital twin of each customer. Yeah, basically. As much as we can know about them with their permission, as much right. as we can keep track of to be more personal, more relevant, you know, to, to continue to build a relationship and connection with them and not to treat them as, as, as all the same, the better. Yes. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, this digital twin concept is fairly interesting to me and I want to learn more about that. I, I promise I will find that. I will find that <laughs> Thank you. video because, because I, I watched them like, that's really, like, it's just a great concept. And then it kind of wasn't a buzzword disappeared. And then the last maybe month, I've noticed it popping back up and I thought mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, that's a way of looking at, it's a way of taking that nebulous thing called data and marketing data and big data and making right. it a lot crisper. It's like, what are we really trying to do? We're trying to actually right. know, know our customer, but mm-hmm. in a detailed and a structured sense so that that knowledge informs our conversation. It's no different than a person to person relationship, you know, what oh, we exactly. talk about. Right, right. Yeah, what we what we what we know about each other, but I've never met a I've never met a, a campaign genius customer for sure that didn't go. Oh, gee, our data is uh, not entirely where we need it to be, and that's going to make. Yeah, I would say that's uh, about ninety eight percent of clients. Yeah, yeah. Why is it so <laughs> hard? The big giant ones. You think the big yeah. giant ones are going to have like their their act together? But no, 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 no. How come? Or like another division has a whole bunch of data, but they won't share it. Right, like, right, I mean, right. It's all sorts of crazy stuff that goes on. Well, but, why is it yeah. hard? Why is it hard? You know, I think part of it is people get really possessive. So when you're dealing with larger companies and they're everything's segregated and yeah. they're doing their own channels in their own way, mm-hmm. they don't have to integrate their data in any way because it's already, it was set up that way. It was set up right. to not be shared. right which is ridiculous, but <laughs> it's a lack of forethought by a lot of IT people, I think. Um, but at the end of the day, um, the possessiveness is really not helping them and working in their favor, but they think it is because they mm-hmm. continue to see better results, but no one really actually thinks, well, how much better could it be mm-hmm. if I actually worked with, you know, the email team on this project mm-hmm. or, you know, the social team, or what if we all got together and went in cahoots and said, what if we actually have this integrated test and see what happens? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting to me that more people aren't more curious because I feel like um, at probably every job I've ever had since I entered email, ever the first thing I'm doing is when I'm making friends with my other channels, mm-hmm. I'm making friends with my analysts and data scientists. Smart, um, smart. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. I make I bake a lot of cookies. Yeah. <laughs> I, love I ingratiate it. myself however I need to. Um, <laughs> but really, I'm trying to get people to be open to ideas and thoughts and to think about, okay, you know, I have this idea with this client. Let's do, you know, do you want to do this with me? Because I think it could be really powerful. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you make friends and you're not fighting people, sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes, they sometimes don't. I have to keep working up that ladder sure. and getting people to say yes. But I think that's 
that's what I do all the time is because I want people to do these other things. Cause I think that's where the richest wins are going to be. Yeah. To be, I mean, to be a, to be a little fair about the, you know, the silos and segmentation that are so frequently um, an, an internal challenge mm-hmm. uh, vendors don't necessarily help with that. Um, we're all guilty and I put, you know, we as a vendor in that scenario, we're all guilty of building silos in order to try to make the cotton picking thing work. And then it becomes <laughs> extra effort and like, oh, this, these two things were not designed to share with each other. So getting them to share, which mm-hmm. is better, is like, oh man, this is hard or it's detailed or, you know, you said first and he said first underscore name and we've got to reconcile those. And all those seemingly little trivial things just make such a friction load on what you'd like to have seamless. Um, So it's a daunting challenge. I have to say, I, I look at, um, I look at companies that, how do I say this? Do it, do a ton of effective email um, sort of natively. And and I'm a little envious. I, one, I end up thinking of Amazon. Yeah. Right. Like doesn't seem like there's, uh, silos there, they, they, they darn well know my purchase habits and they're very oh, effective, yes. right. At, at communicating. But at the beginning, they were them. kind of a train wreck, but they sure. were also pioneers though. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're the first email. I remember them trying to even recommend something to me Really, and, and they were bizarrely <laughs> bad at the beginning. Yeah. You know, like I remember I maybe let's say, let's say I bought, I don't know, a pillow, but they recommended I get a screwdriver. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I have never bought a tool from you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why would you say do that? Um, but that was at the beginning. And now they're actually showing me things like, oh, hey, I right. need to do that. Right. Right. And that's yeah. really yeah. powerful. But yeah, I agree with you. And, like and, they and actually have it together. They Right. They seem to make those they seem to make those pieces work together. And I don't know the the internal workings of it, but you can read enough about the, the company to say, uh, yeah, I'll bet because they, they're so customer driven. Yes. That if someone said, well, that's, you know, this is my style. You can't have it. It would be like, "Ah, I don't think so. Right. Is this better (laughs) for the customer conversation over? We're going to do it kind of. Yeah. And, and they, and they did build themselves um, from scratch. I I don't think Amazon bought the uh, Amazon website from a vendor. I think they built it right. Like Mm -hmm. they've done their own bootstrap up of all those systems to the point where they're now selling you know, selling to everybody else in the form of AWS. Exactly. Luxury. They also did, I've tracked the, uh, I tracked the rise of AWS uh, pretty closely, like thinking in terms of not, not duplicating the wheel um, was a fairly key direction for Amazon. I'm going to guess there's a system that everyone uses for the emails you get from Amazon as opposed to many, many different vendors and many, many different installations of many, many different email systems. I would hope so because that would, that would fit their business model. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's like, you never know (laughs) because I'm constantly shocked and surprised at how many companies in their different divisions have completely different platforms and products. Right. That's true. It's just, it seems like a giant waste of money to me. And if people just collaborated yeah. I mean, boom, let's everyone get what we need in one thing, because that's not impossible. There's 8 million choices. <laughs> yeah, well, I, <laughs> you know, yeah, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, 
you know, a, co- a big company can have like five different ESPs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, I wore, I, I, I wore the CIO hat for a few years, the previous stage of my life. And, and it's gotta be a nightmare now compared to then because your, your, your procurement, your procurement department is called your MasterCard, right? It's like, oh, a cloud system that does blah, blah, blah. I'll go sign up for it on the company's behalf. You're like, no, no. No, that's we'll not how it with, works. We'll end up with 30 ESP. Right? <laughs> or we'll end up with you know, like five accounts at the same one, and we just didn't know that. Right. Um, and, and you end up with like, talk about a siloed mess. Yeah. But aren't the, aren't the email platforms also a bit guilty of 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 – they're pretty siloy and listy and um, possessive mm-hmm. about their data. I don't find them the most flexible systems I've ever been around. Oh my gosh, no, not at all. I don't. I, I agree with you 100. And you know, some of them are really good at selling their product. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they're yeah. selling they're selling the piece of the product. They're not actually selling like um, you know. There's some large names which will remain nameless that you know. There's no support. You have zero support. Like you have to go to a separate entity to get support, which that's crazy to me. Like yeah. that it works, but is it going to keep working? No. That's what I'm curious about. You know, will that continue to work? I just, I don't see that happening, at least for me. Like it just seems completely illogical. Like, why do I want to work with someone and I have to work, pay someone else if we have a problem? Like right. it just is ridiculous to me. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, a lot of them have these, yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of these have, um, you know, they're really good at selling their package, but then, you know, then their hands off, then they're done. They sold their thing. They made their sale. Yeah. They hit their mark. Often um, but now you need to figure it out and figure out what you're doing with it. And it's this behemoth of a beast that most companies don't need these giant beastly ESPs. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're like Pepsi and GE, you know, then you need something that can tackle a whole bunch of stuff, but that's only if it's actually integrated. Mm, yeah. So if you think about that, it, they still probably have four or five different ESPs floating around in there, but they are, they have like four or five of the giants and maybe a, a couple mid ones. Yeah. And what sense does that make? I, I, I saw a, uh, I saw a Reddit post. I actually, I clipped it and sent it to Ryan Phelan, who I know is a uh, mutual friend of yours as well. Yes. Um, and, the guy in the Reddit post, and I, 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 you couldn't make it up. He said, here's how my company, which is fairly sizable, does email marketing. People scattered all over around the, all around the com- company will copy and paste out of Excel into the BCC line on Outlook. That's how we do email marketing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's scary. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> That's one of the scariest ones I've ever heard. It, but and it was a straight face, you know. He's like, "This is this seems dumb. This is how we do." It. And I thought, "Wow, how do you even start in the conversation that says you guys are missing so much of an opportunity?" And that is, oh so my gosh, dumb, yeah. so dumb way to proceed. <laughs> oh well. Oh wow. But that's, but that's cool. you know back to the back to the sort of mental model of email. I I the fact that that even happens tells you that one of the problems is that since everyone sends email, they're an email expert. Oh, of course not. (laughs) Well, there's that too. Yeah. And I remember it has not been that long since I have been asked, why can't we have an outlook template? Like, well, okay. You, you really can't send mass email from your outlook. Yeah. It just doesn't work well. You can't track it. You can't find it. You can't, you know, sort anything and it's going to look awful. Yeah. 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 
all of that stuff. But it 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 seems like well, since it what's how do I say this? Since it comes into my outlook, it must work the other way around as well. Seems, exactly. you know, sort of seems like a reasonable assumption. Oh sure. Uh, <laughs> it, a de- I had developer on our team um, as we were working up uh, demos, and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm 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 gonna give you a chance." And I, guy with legit dev background, right? I said, okay, uh, I'm gonna give you a chance to to learn email HTML. And he was like, you know, piece of cake. I'm a real software developer. Oh man, was his tail between his legs. Oh, bad, he right? Back. He's <laughs> like, God, this is complicated. This is hard. You know, can we maybe just get one template that looks good? I said, welcome to our customer's world, man. This is tricky stuff to work with. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was this one position I had uh, not that long ago at a fairly large vendor ESP. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a great job because I learned a lot. And my VP though, he had a very specific approach, especially with developers. And that was probably the most robust developer team I've ever worked with in email. Nice. Because he, he insisted one, that they be trained in email. Everyone got the same training Smart. and they had a very rigid you know, these are do's and don'ts and we have to follow those because we, everything needs to render properly and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is just at the dawn of mobile responsive. So, you know, yeah. So lots of things were changing and evolving, but they did it as a unit. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like one person, one person doesn't go rogue, but one person does figure it out, shares it with everyone and they all figure it out together, like to refine it. And then boom, they had this process. And, you know, we always had a list of where we guarantee everything will render. I've never worked anywhere else. that had that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was really impressive. impressive. It's a real, it's a real asset too. Huge asset. And, you know, it was just great because one, I learned a whole lot. I nerded out on that stuff. I mean, I am not a developer and never will be, (laughs) but I knew enough to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. I understood how it worked. I could go into Dreamweaver and like do spelling checks and stuff. (laughs) But that was it. That was it. A few code changes, but not much, like little minor things. Wow. Um, but you learn a lot from people like that because they're extremely detailed and in that space, which is really interesting to me. I, I know some some of the uh, some of the audience that this uh, podcast reaches are are they're more in the small to medium business end of the scale, even even uh, you know entrepreneurs with startups. Um, and while email is an incredibly effective channel in their email list is ultimately one of their biggest assets. I also suspect that there's a lot of, uh, gee, I don't even know how to start uh, teeing up effective email marketing program. If you were talking to someone like that, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, uh, you know, over, over a cup of coffee or something, what's some of the things you'd advise them? How do they tackle this beast? I think, well, there's, there's obviously variables with every company and type and all of that. So let's just, in general, mm-hmm. uh, chances are they're not communicating regularly with their, their consumers. So they need to. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, what are they always sending? Is it really relevant? Mm-hmm. And then are they welcoming people when they sign up to subscribe? Are they thanking them for subscribing? Mm-hmm. Are they you know, nurturing them and telling them what their product can do for them after they've made a purchase? Mm-hmm. Are they sharing information or, hey, we just had an upgrade to this, You know, let's say it's software. There's a new upgrade because you've already purchased this. We're giving you a special offer. Here you go. You know, Everything from saying hi through keeping them a happy customer mm-hmm. is what you're looking to do. 
but you start off with that high. You know, I think the easiest place for people to start off with is saying hello, welcoming them, and then taking it from there because you can add on to that conversation. Mm-hmm. But you have to start at the beginning and let them know that you care that they oh, bought something from you or want to talk to you. That's such an, and it would be <clears> such that, that, that hello, that welcome, that thank you for signing up thing is such an easy one to not get to. And yet it sits the tenor of everything to follow, doesn't it? It really is. Yeah. So it kind of huh. sets up the entire relationship. And it gets you connected with people. I I've got a uh, I've got a, uh, a Gmail account that's that's the deliberate. It's not a spam bucket. It's like the subscribe to anything and everything because you can always learn. Bucket. <laughs> and it's a bit of an education to sign up with that address. At, I mean, some sizable companies where I've gone and done the opt in and provided the name and all that other stuff. And it, sometimes it's crickets. Like days later, I'll hear back oh, from yeah. them, which baffles me. Um, and it frequently it's very generic, mm-hmm. but you asked for my name. You didn't use it. You know where I was when I signed up. You didn't use that. Like all, all of these things that, that in theory could be part of that. And then sometimes the, there's not even a sense of brand voice. It's just sort of text only. Thank you for subscribing. Yes. Super yeah. generic notification type email. Yeah. Back when, I mean, notification emails and transactionals really don't have to be that generic anymore either. Right. Um, you know, even your password reset email could be interesting. Could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Take a moment to continue your brand and be interesting. Um, be funny. You know, yeah. what people do on 404 pages is one of my favorite things sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting a really good error. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I've had, I've seen like, um, oh gosh, stormtroopers. Oh, we missed, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like be cre- and granted that's not everyone's brand voice, but yeah, um, there's always, even if you're still being pretty light and professional or whatever, you can still have a moment to show your brand, you know, have another brand impression really at the end of the day, because every opportunity is an opportunity for an impression. I had uh, I had the opportunity yesterday to, to have uh, Glenn Edley on as a guest. I don't know if you know Glenn. He's actually a very, very long time on the only influencers list, but he's in New Zealand, so he doesn't get out as much. Um, but he, he's a, he, he runs a, he runs an email marketing agency called Spike. And he was talking about a technique that he uses with, particularly with his um, clients who are in the small business. He has them set up a BCC account, kind of like that, um, you know, junk email bucket I was talking about, mm-hmm. bucket I was talking about. And he said, every time you answer a customer question, BCC it here. And when he gets them to do that by the end of a month or two months or whatever, when they're starting to put together the newsletter, they don't realize how much content they had already created in the right voice, helpful, specific, all that other stuff mm-hmm. that's already done. Yeah. You literally copy and paste out of your BCCs and you've already got a ton of relevant content. Exactly. No, that's actually a great idea. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, it's cool. I, yeah, that's a really good one. It's one of those simple things that, you know, boom, you just have to think of it. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I was myself like, God, I should have BCC. All these all years. Answers, right? like, <laughs> go, go, quick, quick, quick. <laughs> mail. Maybe it's still there. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. but the, uh, the, one of the things that we, Glenn and I talked about was, you know, how natural and easy it is to fire off an answer to someone. Um, in an email back to them, especially when right. it's one-to-one and to be authentic and articulate and all that other stuff. And it's, it feels a bit effortless. It feels like talking. 
exactly. You sit down to write the newsletter. <laughs> yeah, we're going to vapor lock, right? Like, yeah, for sure, for sure. Right, like our English teachers looking over our shoulder or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my easiest class, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't bother me, but I understand it bothers me. You, you do a lot of writing now yourself, right? I do. Yeah. What kind of thing? Yeah. Um, well, I do some writing, I'm writing some like guides and, um, you know, basically supplement information for vendors to give to their consumers in different verticals. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing something now for like city government, which is a strange little sector that you don't necessarily think of unless you're actually servicing in that sector. And they have some interesting nuances to what they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually kind of fun. <laughs> I'm learning things that I didn't I'll know. Bet. I'll bet. Yeah. yeah. And and a very different very different sense of the sort of customer relationship I would imagine. I I've, I've worked with some of the local government folks mm-hmm. here and they're I'm I'm uniformly impressed with them. Like they're very mission they're very mission yes. driven. Like they're doing that because they want to be doing it. Um, exactly. So one yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Wow, what a great sector to work in. Has that been a long has that been a, a while? No, actually that's just started. Is it? So yes, yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm doing two different sectors and yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. I like just writing I like writing just in general. Yeah. So I've I've done some whether it just be email copywriting or um blog posts or whatever. I, I love doing those things. No, um it, it's something I've just always enjoyed. Yeah. Writing is one of those things for me. So there's 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 something that's not going to go away, right? The value of clarity, the value of well thought through. Um, it it's a there's such a flood of makeshift content now. Exactly. That I value the good stuff even more. Have you had those annoying people who get in touch and say they want to do your content for you? I oh my s- gosh! I want to reach the screen and smack them. <laughs> Like, thanks for the nice offer. What makes you think you have the slightest freaking idea, you know, about about what I might talk about, right? Yeah, especially because you didn't even like refer to my actual business. You referred to me as the, you know, your business of Forbes Council. I'm like, that's not my business. I'm a member. Right. I get that all the time. Really? People are not reading. Like, read my profile. You'll pretty much quickly understand if you read it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, people are interesting to me. Well, Litmus said the average email is read for 11 seconds, and I ran the math, and that means for your average 200 word per minute reader, that's 33 words of an email they get they get to. 33. That's not very many. It's not a lot. Like average email. Why the subject line the preheader is so vitally important. True. Yeah. True. True. Um, I, I I had an opportunity to listen to. Uh, to uh, a session this morning, Skip Fedora was uh, moderating, but they had they had a couple of copywriters. On, oh yeah, including Jen. I, I missed it, but yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a good it was a good session. It was fun to fun to listen to sort of compare compare uh, compare notes coming at that problem, and they did touch on the subject line. Jan- Janet said she she said she learned a lot from Mad Men. Believe it or not, she said yes. go through the grind of sitting down and writing. 25 different subject lines and you'll end up with better subject lines by the time you've done that really hard grind. Yeah. If you just said, I'll put one or two of them out there and, and let them go. Um, are, you, do you, you must have to do some of that kind of crafting. 
I do. And when it comes to subject lines, um, I probably don't do that many, but I do do a whole bunch because after you do a couple, because the first one is like, oh, you stumble through it. Yeah. And then you get through another one and you're like, okay, that's a little bit better. And it's really like you're partly improving on the ones you already did. Yeah. So you're kind of just refining them as you go down until you get to something you're like, okay, that's, that's the one, mm-hmm. but now I need another one. So mm-hmm. I need to take a yeah. different angle. Yeah. So I go down another list, but yeah, it, it's completely true because I think it's just the nature of, at least for me, I'm someone who continually, uh, as I'm writing something, I'm always refining as I'm going. So I'll get to a point I'll be like, and I'll start reading it over and then I refine and then I start moving forward and then I read it over again. Mm. So uh, that's kind of just a natural habit mm. for me. It's a good one. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's not. I learned a lot of things from Mad Men though. It's great. It's great. Great. uh, It's a great show. The the detail work, the historical detail work in that show. Amazing. My doors, man. It's like the right cigarettes and the this and the that. Oh, everything. Everything. Yeah. There was. Yeah. Yeah. We could probably we could probably film geek out. Yes. (laughs) Oh yeah, I think we could. (laughs) Now, what's what's next on the horizon for you? Well, I, uh, I've actually been offered a full-time position that I start next week. Woo-hoo. So yeah, day. after I actually started, I'll put it out there okay. <laughs> and see what it is. Are you still? I'll be doing a uh, strategic consulting with a vendor Okay. and that's going to be exciting. It's a new, it's well, it's uh, email is always a part of everything that I do, uh-huh. but I would say uh, the customer experience is really where the main focus is. Okay. And as you know, well, no, email is a huge part of that customer experience, yeah. uh, especially if you're doing it right. So, um, but this particular vendor is more in a mobile space. So that'll be fun for me. I'm very excited to play in mobile more and to integrate that more into the customer experience. Yeah. So, yeah. Mobile, you know, as, as, as these cotton picking, you know, <laughs> yeah. go everywhere with us, it's really hard to remember what it was I mean, like. Like names for them and everything. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I know. I thought about that actually not that long ago. Um, I was rewatching some series and it was like just when cell phones were starting to be a thing and they're big and huge and they had to pull the antenna out and everything. (laughs) And like, like, wow, that was a really long time ago, wasn't it? I'm like, no, maybe it wasn't really that long ago. That long ago, no. Exactly. But it feels like it because it doesn't feel like we've ever not had these, except when you reflect back to your childhood. You know, like my nieces don't know anything about not having technology. They're digital natives, right? Yes. Mobile natives may even be the way to say it now because that that was a very different step function than digital. I mean, I'm old enough to have done both of those change waves and the mobile one, it's just, it's, you know, it's pervasive. It's ubiquitous. You know, you got a Swiss army knife in your pocket that can do. Yes. Right. I, I saw someone once compiled a list of the functions that a smartphone replaces. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, you know, it's jaw dropping. It's a photo album. It's a map. It's a, this, it's like on and on and on and on and mm-hmm. on. It's like thousands and thousands of dollars to replace it with, you know, other means before. Exactly. So if you think about it in that construct, when they ask for, you know, a thousand dollars for this little tiny device, it starts to make a little more sense. It does. It does. It doesn't yeah. when I want to pay, when I have to pay for it, but. No, no, no. it's bad. You know, it's like, it, it's the most expensive computer you've got in some ways. And it's mm-hmm. also the one you, it's also the cheapest in terms of how much you use it and how much you depend on it and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> when you get somewhere and you don't have any connectivity, you realize what a, what a, a part of life it's become. What do you mean I can't look on a map? I, I what? <laughs> I have to see it. I yeah yeah, yeah. Or, no. Hang on a sec. I'll Google it. It's like no, we're in the middle of the wilderness. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, we need to put some towers in the forest. Come on. Yeah yeah. <laughs> I did a I did a trip last summer with my uh, with my sons. We were 110 miles of wilderness, middle of nowhere, no human beings for four days. Wow! Oh yeah, no cells, no nothing, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it was refreshing. Yeah, I put my phone in a plastic bag in the backpack, and then I took it out almost two weeks later. Wow! And it's been a lot of years since I haven't, you know, touched a keyboard in the course of, oh, I don't know, every five minutes or something. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it is our life. It's our job. It's our job right? and it's our life. That's, yeah, yeah. That, that that's fair. But, um, you know. But still, fast. it's like when you can get away, it's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, it's back to, back to your, you know, back to the writing process. You were talking about that, that, that job of write it, refine it, you know, rethink it, you know, like, that's really not about the the device in the world of information at your fingertips. It's about y- your own thought process. Mm-hmm. You may use a digital tool to do that, but the, the hard work is going on in you know in between your ears, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, there are there are AI technologies that can do those things for you. What do you think? Um, What's your take on subject line done by AI? Good, bad. Ugly. I think it's interesting. I think what it can do, I think usually though, you're plugging in something people did. Okay. So it starts with people and then AI is just taking it and refining it. So from that perspective, it could be interesting. You know, there's been some compelling test results. So mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to play with it with a client though. Nice. And that's ultimately, that's where I, that's the proving ground, right? Is being able to play with it with a client. Um. And, we, yeah, and with, I mean, with I, real I, human beings eventually opening them and yeah. responding, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I I, uh, I fired up Grammarly, which is that add-on that checks your grammar as you type. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll experiment with this. I think it lasted two and a half minutes before I was before like, annoyed you. you get out of my way? <laughs> I know it's a typo. I'm trying to get stuff written down here. Right? <laughs> I know that's crap grammar. Shut up. I'll get back to it. I noticed even the new update for Microsoft Word in yeah. the last like, six months. Yeah. It's highlighting and dotting and yeah, doing totally. way more. And I have to keep telling it to stop doing it. Yeah. The I'm red underline. Yeah. Talk yeah, about your yeah. English teacher looking over your shoulder, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't tell me the spelling. That's all I care about. Everything else I'll deal with. Yeah, I, I I've actually gone back. You know, when I'm when I'm writing, there are times I go. <laughs> believe it or not, I use I use my the the software uh, development environment that I do that I code in. I've taken to writing in that because the keystrokes are muscle memory, and because it's so flipping simple. Right. Plain text is like, oh, don't get distracted with fonts and don't worry about the grammar underline and stuff okay. like that. Like. Just, just write, get it all out. Just and then write, you, dummy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss, the, too much multitasking. Not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily a good thing. So you said next week for your. Yes. Next week for your and 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 mobile. Now, have you worked in mobile before? Well, I've done mobile um, with clients and things like that, but I haven't worked inside of it. Okay. Or for a particular mobile company yet. Okay. So this is that's exciting to me. That's uh it's similar, but it's also quite different. I mean, 
you get a message on mm-hmm. one of our little friends here and, and it gets attention. Oh yeah. Like really fast. That's a, uh, as we would, as we would. I think say, that's part of what my excitement is people pay a lot of attention to they, they, it. They push messages and SMS, all of it. Playing with dynamite though, right? If you, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to <laughs> get about one misstep. Yes. Before someone goes, right, gone, bozo filter, you know, no, do not call me, et cetera, et cetera. I do think it's probably going to be harsher and faster. So, yeah, yeah. the thoughtful consideration, how you're writing things and what you need to be sending is even more important. Hmm. Email, they'll forgive a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can get because it's got much more of I'll get to it later. And, exactly. and frankly, the, the, the sort of notification habit is is different. I mean, there was a time when we used to pay attention when our email went bing and now you, <laughs> I have that thing turned off. Do I just not check want it every now and then. That, right? God, I exactly. remember outlook alerts. It would pop up when you got a message. Oh, that's <laughs> just an evil thought. Oh, I know it's horrible. Well, you can still do it. You can have it on. They just oh. default it off now because people don't like it. <laughs> well, how would you yeah, like, it would literally be like constant. Oh yeah. Well, even my Gmail wants to like notify. I'm like, no, you don't no, get to no. Yeah. <laughs> no. The only notifications I get from Gmail is for my calendar. They'll give me the, that that ten minute warning or whatever. Yeah, which but, I, which I I do like. Are you are you a slave of the uh, are you a slave of the calendar like I am? Yes. Yeah, and and I have I to be reminded. It, I find it freeing. I have to say, because mm-hmm. trying to keep track of I need to do this at this time, uh, especially when it involves other people, be like I'd screw it up. Oh yeah. Right. So yeah, you have to give me the 10 minute head start so I can finish whatever I'm doing and actually like refocus. Yeah. I had, I had opted in for, for there's way too many events. Golly. I'd opted (laughs) in for another event that was going to overlap with a copywriter event. And I, I was trolling for where's the meeting link. And it literally, because it wasn't delivered, it wasn't on a platter in front of me. I I skipped the conference because they didn't make it easy enough for me to get there. Oh yeah. Uh, probably my fault. Maybe not hadn't gotten to the fifth cup of coffee or something. <laughs> but it's a mark of how much you have to kind of feed mm-hmm. it to everybody. Now. Well, that's one of my favorite things about Gmail is if an invite hits there, it's on my calendar, whether I've accepted it or not, until yeah. I do something with it. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's and why more people don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's real simple to add the which calendar function in this inside that email. Yep. So it's little tiny things like that that are actually huge big things because, like you said, you miss that. Yeah. Even yeah. though you had two things booked at the same time, it, the decision was super easy for you to make because you couldn't get to the other one. Yeah, and you get to the point where some extent, what's going to happen today? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Google knows, but I don't. <laughs> right? I'll, I'll show up when I'm supposed to be there. Right. When the, when the machine tells me to, I'm, I am waiting. I am waiting for AI, which we've touched on briefly. I'm, I am waiting for someone to say the real opportunity in AI is cleaning up your flipping inbox. Although I don't know if machines are smart enough to do that yet. I think, well, they've tried to do that. Yeah. And it just hasn't flown. You know, I, gosh, what was that one? I remember a couple of years ago, there was some tool that came out and it was, oh, it was intended to help like clear the clutter. If it wasn't an important email, it basically would refile it for you. Yeah. So yeah. it was kind of taking the Gmail tabs to a, a different height. 
Yeah. Um, but I don't want people sorting for my stuff. They don't know what's important for me from the onset. They still have to see my behavior for a while. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I remember playing with it with like my testing inbox Yeah. <laughs> because then they weren't going to mess anything up. Yeah. Um, but I just, I didn't, I want to be able to see all the things. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, that, and that's when you miss something. Trusting that something important didn't get. Exactly. Yeah. Huge. That's a lot of trust. Yeah. That's a lot. Of, that's a, that's a lot of trust. And then as soon as you have to start watching the watcher, it's value yes. proposition gone, right? It's exactly. Like, what was the one um, last year that started where you had to pay a subscription? They gave you like 30 days free and hello or something. Uh, well, there's hay.com, which is making oh, it's hay. Hay. It was okay. hay.com. hay is one and hay is they're taking an interesting, you know, they're taking an interesting stance on email. The, the, the hay guy did an article a couple of weeks ago about the, the evils of the, of the, of the email tracking pixel. Um, and I went to the website for hay and they had uh, Google, Facebook, et cetera, all over the website. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you said tracking was evil and you're doing it on your website, mm-hmm. but somehow it's not okay in, in email. Not that that's the reason for pixels and stuff, but um, yeah. I actually use a paid email client, which is still, I'm still a little shocked by this. There's a client called superhuman mm-hmm. and I had read about it. Okay. Like, really? Okay. I'll give it a, sh- I'll give it 30 days. Give it a shot. Had a, had a bet with one of the, one of the developers. He's like, yeah, no way. Because they said, we'll get you to inbox zero. And I'm not an inbox zero kind of guy. And I've been at inbox zero for four months straight because of this email client. And I pay these. Really? Yeah. I I, I call me, call me a a surprise believer because like, and, and the key, the key is it's, it's, it's more like game design than software UI design, things like deleting, filing, scheduled to go later are single keystroke lightning fast. Mm. I, I tend to, I get to the inbox and it's back down to whatever four or five things I'm going to grapple with in the morning by the time I'm at the desk. Cause I just, wow. but for an email marketer who's working their tail off to get my attention and to get me to read their message, one, the subject line better be good. <laughs> really, really good. And two, the content better, really better be arresting or I'm going to go like that and it's going to be gone in about a half a mm-hmm. second. I'll be on to the next bing, 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 gone. It's been, it's been an interesting experience. I may be missing things in my email, but I'm also a lot less uh, overloaded yeah. by the thousand plus or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Before. It's funny. Every now and like every, I don't know, let's say maybe once a year, maybe every two years, I, I, get the bug that I need to like go into my Gmail and clear it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. And I'll end up, you know, it's like, if I'm just at one page, <clears throat> that's what a max of 50 or however you have it set. Yeah. 30, maybe. Um, I'm super happy. Like that's, that's exciting to me because I, I do like, I love inbox zero, but I haven't been in it in a long time. I hadn't been 20 it years. Just Never. Too, yeah. It gets to be too much, but that's also my, it's my storage place. Until it's done, it doesn't leave the inbox, which is also why it tends to stay there. <laughs> it takes a while to get to some things. I, I remember reading once that humans are humans 
are not hierarchical organizers by nature. We're actually monocline groupers. I don't know why that's stuck in my uh, head. It sounds like a <laughs> But what that means is if you look at most people's desk, yeah. there are single stacks and the stacks have meaning. And I'm looking, I do and not I'm have look, that. And I'm looking over your shoulder. Well, that's not mine. That's okay. my roommate's actually. Okay. Okay. So what you can't see, I have one stack. Mm-hmm. Of a lot of different things. Okay. The stack itself has no u- unique meaning. It's just the stack of stuff that I eventually, at some point, I have to look at. Mm-hmm. But I like don't have time to do it. Sounds like your inbox. Basically, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think it's one of the where I was going with that. But is the stuff in process is kind of, it can be all over. All over the place. If I'm in the middle, of, like there'll be sticky notes all over the place and my notes are in one spot right next to me. Yeah. Uh, but my desk is fairly neat at the moment because okay. I just moved a month ago. Okay. But it won't be for much longer. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I tend I, to have a chaotic workspace. Yeah, I, I don't do neat desk. I'm, I'm with you there. Like a neat, yeah. neat desk. Bad, it bad makes idea. way more sense to me. If it's too neat, I'm like, where is everything? It's like, I, saw someone, I, I saw someone once with one browser tab open. It's like, I don't know what that is, man. <laughs> I think right now I have at least 25. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That I, I, when I accidentally open up a new tab, you mm-hmm. know, when you, you click for something to open up in a, in a, well, in a new tab, but you, you click for a new opening. Yeah. yeah. What, what am I, I can't think of the word. New for tab, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. But when you see that one tab, I'm like, God, that looks weird. Yeah. It's just so weird to me. <laughs> Clean and sparkly and lonesome and not, oh, yeah. not filled in and all that other stuff. And then the uh, the reluctant reboots I do, the browser goes like, hey, do you want me to restore? And I'm like, oh, man, yes. sorry, buddy. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So many. I know. I know. Yeah. And then when I'm doing research, which I've been doing, it's even more. Like I had to clear out yeah. last night a section of the tabs that were like just my personal stuff yeah. that I would needed to go back to read or whatever. And I just had to kind of go through it and file it. So that way I didn't lose it yeah. just to do my research. Cause the, the tabs were getting too small for me to find stuff. <laughs> That's how many tabs I had. Open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, I'm with you. And, and, in and, you know, if you're in marketing or work with tech, you know, if, if digital is kind of your uh, bread and butter in some way, it's not avoidable anymore. No, the SAS is, you know, SAS thing has worked, you know, yay, wonderful, et cetera. But it's like, I got to have this one and I have to have that one. And then I'm going to open this one. And it's like, I'm at, you know, I'm at, you know, whatever, 25, 30. And I just got started. Mm-hmm. And I like the muscle memory of, oh, yeah, that one's over there. And this one's over here. But there's exactly. still a certain point where I'm just like, what the I had a call earlier with someone and I was literally kind of digging through browser instances trying to find the call because I knew they were back there. I could hear them. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So I keep one page open oh, there you and go. all my tabs are at the top of it. Cause that, that I, I, yeah, that I have trouble with when yeah. I have too many things open in general. Yeah. So like I've got PowerPoint open, I've got Excel open, I've got Word open, I've got Zoom open, I have my Chrome open, I yeah. have, uh, you know, Slack and Messenger and all that stuff. But if it's not minimized, if too many things are actually on my screen, that's when I have a problem. Well, a true confession, the the doc, I'm a Mac user, a hardcore Mac user, and the doc at the bottom of the Mac, I had to I had to change how the doc works because putting all the apps in the doc was, was ridiculous. So I changed it where 
only running apps are in the dock. And I still end up mm. in the dock all the way across the screen because <laughs> I run so many apps that I want. <laughs> Dad, yeah. Dad, human. Not supposed to yeah. do that. Oh, well, who says multitasking doesn't work? Hey, we're going to wrap up with a speed round if you're game. Ooh, yes. Speed round. Go for it. And, and I was going to ask about Inbox Zero, but we talked about that already. Okay, <laughs> so, so here you go. Dogs, cats, both or neither? Both, but lean dogs. Okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, <laughs> name a favorite place. Ooh. Favorite place. Ireland. I love nice. Ireland. Nice. Galway in particular. Okay. So the money shot here. Name a favorite book or author. I have gotten some great tips off of this question. Oh. Okay. I never will go business book on you because I almost never have one of those. Um, it will always be literature. And my probably all-time favorite is To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, which was also a fantastic oh, film. Oh, you're so you're so right. Oh, <laughs> it's such. I remember. I remember the first time reading that book. It was like, oh, it was so good. Was oh, it so powerful? Right? Oh, so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. Good call, Matt. That deserves a reread, doesn't it? Dang. Oh yeah, I've read it like four times. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been a few years since I reread it, so I'll probably do that again soon too. <laughs> did Did you read the sequel? I uh, did. Sequel. Wait, she did didn't I? want it to be published. And then after, you know, near the end of her life, Harper Lee's life. She died like months after it was released. Yeah, released. And it's like, I thought if she waited all those years, maybe she wasn't, didn't think of it as, and it, you know, it's a. Yeah, I didn't read it yet. And because I'm reticent to read it. Like I'm, I'm worried about reading. I don't want to ruin anything. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, no, it was perfect. Yeah. Like, I think I bought it. And I'm like, I don't know if I can open this. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. I Mockingbird yeah. was like, you didn't need to add to that. Oh, you so take away. I don't need yeah. a like. Boom, done, good. She wrote. Yeah. If she wrote one book, and that was the book. Yay! Go for it. <laughs> winner, winner. I mean, J.D. Salinger. He wrote a few, but still, pretty obscure. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Wow, literary mm. bent, Miss Samantha. I love that. <laughs> well, listen. What a pleasure. It's been great. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. look at it. We like, I let, I, I asked you for half an hour and we let a whole hour slip by because <laughs> so that's always a good thing. It's, that's, that's always a good thing. Uh, well, best of luck on, on your, um, on your next venture. And how about this? How about we talk about mobile after you've got some time under your belt there? I would love to hear your impressions of that world once you, once you sort of get in and swim in it for a bit. No, that sounds great. I love it. Okay. Once again, my guest today, the wonderful Samantha Yodache. Thank you, Samantha. And we'll do this again in a few months. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Hi, Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to the future of email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash future of email. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it. And of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag future of email. 
I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show, and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash future of email, or follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.